Just two dudes looking for a good time. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, Frog and Toad Are Friends, 50th Anniversary Edition, by Arnold Lobel, published by Harper, an imprint of HarperCollins Publishers. We have another book request for everyone. I want to thank Chris for the recommendation, and I hope you enjoy. Frog and Toad Are Friends is a collection of five short stories, making a chapter book. It is by far the longest book we've read. Hopefully we won't do too many books as long as this one. The story follows two friends, a frog and a toad, as they try to solve some of Toad's problems. Will these two be friends by the end of the book? Well, grab your bestie, because we're in it for the long haul. Frog and Toad, our friends, begins on the chapter called Spring. It's a highly relatable chapter, as is this whole book. It's April, and Frog wakes up from hibernation before Toad, and comes running over to Toad's house to wake him up. Toad clearly isn't a morning person, and tells Frog to let him sleep longer. But Frog doesn't give up, and drags Toad's ass outside, where he tells them all the fun activities they're going to do together. Frog states, quote, Think of it, said Frog. We'll skip through the meadows and run through the woods and swim in the river. End quote. Just two dudes skipping through fields. Now that's some gangsta shit. Maybe they'll roll up on some ladies. Well, none of it gets Toad excited for whatever reason. We've all had those friends who just loved sleeping, and you have to drag them everywhere. Toad goes back to sleep and tells Frog not to wake him until May. And Frog's like, I'm not rolling solo for a whole month. So he walks over to Toad's calendar, which was not up to date and still on November. Frog proceeds to rip all the months off until he gets to May. He wakes Toad back up and goes, Look, it's May. And Toad buys it hook, line, and sphincter. Too sleazy! And the story ends on them going outside to enjoy the spring together. Frog's just doing his best friend duties, getting his friend off his lazy ass and outside. Now that's love. Chapter 2. The Story It's a simple yet humorous tale. Frog is sick, and the story states, quote, Frog, you're looking quite green. But I always look green, said Frog. I'm a frog. Today you look very green, even for a frog, said Toad. End quote. Toad tells Frog to get into bed and get some rest. But wouldn't Frog being more green mean he's extra healthy? Well, either way, I'm not going to fault Toad for looking after his breath. Frog ends up asking Toad to tell him a story to entertain him, and Toad can't think of anything, so he decides to walk outside thinking that will help, but nothing comes to him. Then he tries standing on his head, to no avail. He throws glasses of water into his face. Still nothing comes to him. So he starts smashing his head against the wall like a complete crazy person. Seeing this, Frog springs out of bed and is like, I think I'm all better now. Toad, after knocking every brain cell out of his head, is like, God, but can I lie down? He's clearly concussed. He asks Frog to tell him a story now, and Frog, 
not wanting to go through the same ordeal as Toad, just repeats everything he just saw. I guess that's one way to do it. It must have been a good one, because Toad is fast asleep. Either that, or he passed out from the concussion, which is not good. He should have gone to a doctor. Chapter 3 is a doozy. It's called A Lost Button. After Frog and Toad's long walk for the day, Toad realizes he lost a button on his jacket, which sets Frog and Toad off on a journey retracing their steps, trying to find the button. Along the way, different forest creatures, that I thought were predators, come to Toad with buttons they found. I thought they were playing a trick on them so they could eat them, but nope, surprisingly, they were just trying to help. But each time, Toad just gets more upset, because it's not his button. I don't know if I would make a stink like this to creatures who could easily take me, but to each their own. There are a lot of buttons being lost in this forest. It's like a whole mech class went outside for the day. And there are a lot of friendly woodland creatures, which is throwing me off. Well, Toad calls it a day and goes home to find his button on the floor and says, quote, Wow, said Toad. It was here all the time. What a lot of trouble I have made for a frog. End quote. Uh, you think? Toad is so whiny it's like he's going through metapause. Well, Toad, feeling bad about what he did, takes his jacket and sews all the buttons they found all over it and gives it to Frog. Frog is jacked about it and jumps for joy, which I don't get. Toad took a perfectly good jacket and ruined it with various buttons. Sorry, he's no Ralph Lauren. It doesn't look good. On to the next one. Chaptered. A swim. Frog and Toad go for a swim. These two are having a blast during the summer. And this interaction happens. Quote, Yes, said Toad. I will go behind these rocks and put on my bathing suit. I don't wear a bathing suit, said Frog. Well, I do, said Toad. End quote. So I'm getting the sense that Toad is always the wet blanket in the story. Toad is clearly the guy who wears his boxers into the shower and gets made fun of for it. Frog's like, I don't give a fuck. So Frog strips down and jumps in. Then Toad tells him not to look at him until he gets in. And Frog plays along. When it comes time to get out, a turtle shows up. So Toad has his good friend Frog go over to tell him to leave while Toad is getting out of the water. You would think it would be the other way around, and Frog would be the one who's worried. Instead of the turtle leaving, every other animal hears about Toad and shows up to watch him get out. And when Toad is finally forced to get out from the cold and hypothermia setting in, everyone laughs at Toad's bathing suit, including Frog. And Toad storms off. Nice little lesson there. Don't draw attention to it, and no one would care. But instead he points it out, and everyone can't wait to poke fun at him. And we finally get to the last chapter of the book, over 50 pages in. This book was an all-weeker, but I will say I couldn't put it down at night. The final chapter is called The Letter, and this is the one where Toad really ramps up his whole sad sack, poor, poor, pitiful me shtick. Frog comes over to Toad's house to find Toad sitting outside, looking depressed. Toad tells Frog that he waits every day around that time for mail to come. The story states, quote, because I never get any mail, said Toad. Not ever, asked Frog. No, never, said Toad. 
No one has ever sent me a letter. End quote. So if you know you aren't going to get any mail, why are you sitting there? It's actually hilarious if he truly thinks mail is just going to show up one day. Well, Frog gets the hint and runs home to write Toad a letter. He then gives it to a snail to be delivered right away. Clearly didn't think that one through. This was written in 1970, before the internet, but it definitely gives a literal meaning to snail mail. Frog goes back over to Toad's house, and Toad is in bed again, probably crying under the covers. And Frog tells him to get up and watch for mail with him. Toad eventually does get up to watch with him, but the mail doesn't come, so Frog has to give away his secret and tell Toad he wrote him a letter, and he even tells him what was in it. So the two of them, so excited for this thing to show up, wait on Toad's front porch for four whole days to finally get the letter. I bet that snail was booking it too, but this story could have ended tragically if that snail was even a day later. These short stories are highly relatable to anyone who has a friend. Their personalities are different, but they care about one another and make each other better. The fun they have together makes the reader want to join in. These two dudes were just out there looking for a good time, doing gangsta shit. The moral's clear. Get a friend and be kind and giving, and it will return tenfold. For as long as this was, Arnold was wonderful at keeping the individual stories short, relevant, and witty. You could pick one for the night and be happy, or if you got lost in it, you could go through all five. As for his pictures, they received a Caldcott honor, and it was deserving. They really highlighted the friendship between these two. The colors were mainly green and brown, which doesn't sound all that inviting, but he made it work, giving it a rustic feel. So on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm going to give this book a 4.4. I'll have the full bird and some of the trimmings. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.